After a 40-year military and law enforcement career, I'm moving on to another dream, which is to become the best possible actor I can be. I preach this to people all the time. If you want to have content, create your own content. I saw somebody come back and say, well, sorry, I don't have a $5 million budget. Well, I don't have a $5 million budget either, but you know what? I got this cheap iPhone. Most people have veterans in their family. Most people have friends who are veterans. As far as helping them, whether you're a veteran or you're not, a veteran, most people can look in somebody and say, hey, that's a little unusual what he's been doing. All right, what is going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back to Be Frank Podcast, episode 25. Uh, I'm very committed to provide you guys a podcast to inspire and learn and be happy. Today, we have a special guest. Retired veteran, retired uh, police officer. Now he is an actor and also he's everywhere on the social media. Philip Paz, thanks for coming. Sure. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for calling. Uh, me. How you been doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Doing good, man. I uh, just, uh, you know, I, when you invited me to the podcast, I was like, yes, man. I, you know, because I keep up with you on social media as well. And, and you're, you're getting into so much stuff. Dude. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. And uh, I just wanted to be... I just want to come sit down and, and talk to you and catch up because it's, yeah. it's been a while. It's been a while. It's like we were just talking about 2016. We did a like a car commercial together. And yeah. then ever since then, like I've seen you from like, uh, I think I saw you on the Super Bowl commercial for some like uh, uh, finance company. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Like, it, uh, it was a USAA commercial. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was like a Super Bowl, right? It, they did play it during the Super Bowl. Um uh, about a couple of years ago and it's it was uh, my first national um, commercial spot mm. um and it played for gosh about three and a half years it's actually still it's actually still you can still see it every now and then yeah but yeah it's uh it was a good commercial and uh usaa i played a, a military veteran in the commercial and yeah so yeah it, it was true nice. yourself <laughs> which, which i actually am so it was it wasn't much of a stretch i didn't have to act a whole lot yeah. so so, what, what, how did you make it? How that make you feel like seeing that yourself in the Super Bowl commercial? Awesome! Yeah, it was really, it was really awesome, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, as an actor, uh, we like to get our face out there, and when you see your face on on a platform, on a national platform, yeah, it's uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, people who doesn't know about you, I like to ask this question, like. Uh, if you are making a brand new website today and then if you have to write the bio what would you what would that bio say oh gosh something to the effect of uh, you know uh, after a 40 year military and law enforcement career uh you know I w which uh, was a very which i'm very proud of which is a very uh distinguished career that again i'm very proud of you know i served in the in the united states air force for 24 years in the reserves i got to travel the world see a lot of things um and then also as a, an oklahoma city police officer i did that for for uh, just shy of 30 years uh, i retired in april of 20 and though i loved those chapters of my life and those were my dreams at the time now i have I'm moving on to another dream, which is to become uh, the best possible actor I can be. 
So what made you decide, what, what made you wanting to become an actor? Well, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I have a son, he lives in Los Angeles and, and he's, in, he's in the film industry business. And uh, he's more into the editing and photography and, and, and videography. Behind the camera stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, he came home on vacation once and he had a new camera. i never forget this. It was a Cameron 7D. And this was in 2011. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it 2011? Yeah, 2011. He came home for a vacation. He said, hey, Dad, I got this new camera. I want to try it out. He said, can, can you and Mom come out and let me take some photos? So, all right, we went outside kind of doing some yard work, and he's taking pictures, testing out his new camera. He said, uh, hey, let me uh, test out the video. So he gets, sets the video up on the camera, and he's, he points it at me. He says, say something. I said, well, what do you want me to say? He said, I don't care. Just say anything. I'm just testing it out. I said, well, hang on a second. <laughs> let me go in the house. And I wrote this five-minute monologue about a uh, – a veteran, a combat veteran who has some issues. Mm. So I came back out and I did this little monologue and he's looking at the, the video later and he says, you know, that's not half bad. You might think about taking some acting lessons. I said, really? Never thought about acting before. Yeah. So I'm like, taking an acting lesson, huh? So a few months later for Christmas, he bought me some acting classes at the Actor Factory down in Norman, Oklahoma. Got you. So my first class was on January 3rd, 2012. I don't know why I remember that date, but that's when it was. And the class was uh, audition for film and television. No, 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 I'm sorry, on-camera technique for film and something like that. Mm. And uh, I took my first class, and I got in front of that camera and said a few lines, and Ever since then, man, I was I was hooked. That's I said, you know, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to be an actor. So that's that's how I got into it. Was that a? It's it's was that like a what made you like a make you hook? Like is that something like a, you can like act visualize and then it's on the camera seeing yourself on the like a TV? Like what got you hooked? You know, it, it's funny because I'm one of those guys who. Uh, I don't have model looks, um, you know, I'm not tall, uh, I don't have a great body, I don't have any of that, but, um, and I don't especially like to watch myself on camera, but just the challenge of learning lines and then standing up and putting the right face on or looking the right direction or interacting with another actor or actress, that just man it just it just intrigues me and i just huh. it's think of the funnest thing that you like to do and that's it for me i i just i'm going back and forth doing this acting and you know and, and a director will tell you okay now in this scene here i want to see you have a little more passion or a little more uh feeling or and i even want to see you cry whatever yeah but that is a challenge to me i say okay accept it i'm gonna do that and, <laughs> and i get butterflies just thinking about it and, and especially when i'm actually doing it okay here's what i want for this scene phil well I, again i get the butterflies going okay man i'm, I'm gonna show you what i can do <laughs> and it's just it's just a blast i just have a lot of fun doing it i was always curious you know like i'm always be uh being behind a behind the camera kind of person. Uh, recently, I started doing YouTube and all that kind of stuff, trying to be more uh, in front of the camera. 
and I always say I have a radio face or whatever. But also <laughs> it's funny because you're saying like your son had a 7D camera for the first camera because that was my first uh, professional camera I got for myself. Really? Because of uh, after I did an internship for the whole summer for my first year of college for going to film school, I did a internship for a feature film called Long Drive Home. And then he did, so I did work for free for like whole summer, right? And then after that movies and the director liked me a lot and then he said I worked hard. So he gave me 7D and then I asked for like, oh, well, I need a lens too, you know? So I got a <laughs> 50, 50 millimeter lens too. And then that's when I start taking picture for families and friends and stuff. And that's how I got started my career. That was 7D. It was like 2011, I would believe. So it's kind of funny you said your song had a 7D camera and they started stuff. And then yeah. I thought that was pretty uh, good coincidence. But uh, I always wonder, you know, tr people try to go acting acting class. Like, what does acting class look like? I mean, it's, you know, it's just like kind of what you think it would be. I mean, you walk into a room, you know, about this size for me. And uh, there's seven to 15 students in there. You'll have an instructor. And depending on what kind of class it is, because at the Actor Factory where I did all my actor training, for the entire year of 2012, I took every class that they offered. <clears throat> I'm talking about the uh, uh, auditioning techniques, um, improv classes. I took several improv classes. But, I mean, you just go in there, and a lot of times uh, they'll give you uh, written scenes, and they say, okay, pick a partner, and you guys come back next week and do this scene together. Mm. And so you do a lot of that. And, of course, the improv classes, similar to that, except you don't really have any uh, prepared written scenes. They'll say, okay, uh, four people, set the chairs up. Say you're in a, in, in a car, and... You're the mom, you're the dad, uh, you're the kids, and you're going to Disneyland, but somebody has to use the restroom really bad <laughs> and go. And, uh, you know, and you just, you just play it off the top of your head. Yeah. Which the improv classes helped me the n most as far as dealing with, with nerves. And because a lot of times when you go into uh, an audition, sometimes you can forget the words. But if you know how to improv, well, you kind of know what the scene's about, so just say some words that still go along with the scene, gotcha, yeah. and you can be okay. Yeah. So I, I love the improv classes, but yeah, pretty much, uh, I mean, yeah, learning the scenes, doing them with partners, working with partners, going back and forth uh, with dialogue uh, to partners, that's, uh, that's a lot of it. Yeah, did you ever have like, a, you seem like a very natural to me on the camera, like every time I met you, you're a confidence guy, did you always have that confidence? And then like confidence in life and the confidence in front of the camera is kind of a little bit different, right? But did mm -hmm. you always had that? Or does that, is that natural talent or is that something you had to learn over time? It's, uh, it's funny you say that because a lot of people, you know, they will say you have a lot of confidence. And I like to think I do, but in the acting world, if... If you're not really, 
really used to just getting up and standing in front of people and speaking or speaking in front of a camera. It's, there's a lot of getting used to. Um, for me personally, I'm a pretty confident person. I'm a very confident person. But there are times, um, and I'll give you a perfect, I, I don't always have that confidence. And, I, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a perfect story about that. I, uh, I've had a few auditions for the uh, Chicago series, Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. Awesome. And so I got to actually go to Chicago and, and audition. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I did fine. Okay. Get up there, say my lines with, uh, with the casting director and cool. Uh, one time I got a callback where uh, I came back, I did the callback and I, I did pretty good. On another occasion, same thing. I got a call back. I went back. And even though I thought I aced the first audition, which I guess I did because they called me back. Then I was in front of uh, two of the directors and the casting director as well now. And I had a panic attack, an anxiety attack. And like your heart was pounding. My heart was pounding. <laughs> my mouth got dry. Yeah. I didn't feel like my tongue was working right. And I was yeah. looking at these people going, man, I, I don't know why this is happening. And, and I really don't. I don't know why that happened. But that's happened to me a couple of times. It doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. And it's always at the back of my mind. So I try to, you know, repress that and say, okay, it's not going to happen this time. So it can happen to anyone. It can happen to anyone. Trust me. Uh, because... Um, if, if someone thinks they're going to get up every single time and kill it every single time, 100% of the time, power to you if you do that. But I think those people are going to be few and far between, but generally, yes, I'm a very, very competent person and, um, I don't have any problem. So what did you do after you had a panic attack? How did you get through it? I, I did the scene. I said all the lines, but I'm pretty sure that they could see because I would be willing to bet that you could could have saw my shirt <laughs> bouncing in and out. That's that's how hard my heart was pounding. Yeah. And, and my mouth and I kept licking my lips because I was losing all my moisture. <laughs> it was uh it was uh it was something else. But it happens. It happens, man. It happens. But you got the part? I did not get the part. Oh, you did No, I did not get the part. <laughs> um, I thought you did. <laughs> no, and, uh, and one of the directors, I, I'm, I know they could tell because he said, all right, hang on, let's do it again. We're just two people talking here. Let's do the scene again. And uh, so, so I knew they could tell. Yeah. And uh, so, but it happens, man. Yeah. It happens. Normally I'm very confident, but that can happen to anyone. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And then... I'm curious because, like, you, you know, you've been on, like, big sets, like, you know, like, since from, like, you know, a long time ago, like, like a local commercial, and then, like, you're working on the Chicago PD and then national stuff and the bigger stuff. And uh, a lot of actors and then talents from, I guess, especially from Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. They're starting from student film and all that kind of stuff, and then they're kind of stuck in that um like a budget wise i guess production wise they to be seen by millions of millions of people like you have to have some sort of uh 
hump next step right but mm. you took that step like what what made you not made you or like what was the things you did to go over that from like a local to bigger stuff yeah you're right because you know once i got started into acting um i did a lot of local indie productions um just like the commercial we did you yeah know, i did a lot of local commercials uh smaller indie productions i did some of my own um short films which which did pretty well in the film for film festival circuit um but one thing that i do is i use social media to market myself okay and i i mean i use the heck out of it I and mean, you know, a lot of times my wife is is like why do you put yourself out there so much? Like, <laughs> Hang on now. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I want it to happen. If, if people don't know about you, how are they going to hire you? Yeah. Okay. Because there's, there's different schools of thought. Some people think that you can put yourself out there too much on social media as an actor. Me personally, I don't. I think the wider audience that you can get around the world, because let's face it, social media goes around the world the larger audience that you can get around the world, more people who are going to see you, that's more opportunities. And for me, it paid off. And the reason I say that is because on Facebook, you know, I, I put uh, a lot of my acting clips on Facebook. Um, I also do, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a uh, cover singer. So I put a lot of my songs on Facebook. And there's a, a group that I'm a member of in, on Facebook called Veterans in Film and Television, and which is based out of Los Angeles. But, of course, you know, it's the Internet, so anyone can, who's a veteran can join who's in the business. Well, someone put out a, uh, a notice for this national commercial for the USAA, and it was going to be a big commercial. Yeah. They said, if you want to audition for this, send your information to this email. Well... I sent my information and a demo reel to this uh, to this email, and um, the uh, the production company that was making the commercial they got a hold of me. They said, "Please send us a, a, an audition video." I sent them a video, and I nailed it. Uh, I got to, I got that as my first national commercial uh, that I got basically through social media. Awesome. Yeah. So I mean, and it was it was my probably my biggest project to date uh, played for several years <clears throat> um, on a national forum and so in in that instance social media worked for me and I just returned from um, Arkansas two weeks ago I spent a week in Arkansas uh, shooting my first lead role in a feature film and the way that uh, I found out about that role. Again, I put my acting reels on social media like crazy. And one of those, one of the platforms is LinkedIn. Oh, really? Okay. And LinkedIn is huge. Uh, I mean, you know about LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so I put my acting reels, you know, I probably have 40, 50 acting reels on there. And I had a, the director. 40, 50 acting reels? Yeah, like it's a different reels or like you post it 50, 40, 50 times. Um, I've got a lot of reels. Oh, really? And uh, and yeah, and I'm, I'll tell you how to do that here in just a minute. <laughs> but anyway, this director for who was making this film in Arkansas, 
he was seeing my uh my stuff yeah and he sent me he sent me an email through linkedin he said hey i'm so and so we're making this project uh wondering if you'd be interested in reading for this role that i have yeah and he sent me the script he said can you please take the script the parts several of the parts for this character put them together and make it into a monologue so i said sure so i did that and it was about a it's about a four minute monologue and uh, i sent it to him he says that's pretty good can you and he gave me some direction can you do it this way this time um so i did it sent it back to him he said yeah we'd like to offer you a contract to you know to do this uh to be our you know to be this lead in in this film and i was like sure that's and, awesome uh, yeah so so again social media got that gig for me um and you asked me about you know how many uh reels do i put out i've 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 got a lot of reels. And you know, the thing about it is, um, one school of thought is if people are seeing you all the time, they're not going to pay money to go see you in the movies. Well, I disagree. I, 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 don't, I think if they get to know you already and you tell people, hey, I'm going to be in this, this, uh, this film, I think they're going to rally and go see that. That's yeah. just, but that's just me. Yeah. There, there's different ways to look at it, but that's how I look at it. So what I do is, you know, in this, this day and age that we live in, you know, think about in the 60s or 70s what it took to do a film, uh, a screen test or whatever, or make a movie. You had to have all this gigantic equipment, cables, lighting, people. Uh, um, you basically had to have a company yeah. to set that up so you could film somebody say words on the camera yeah but now what do we have we got phones too. we got iphones <laughs> we got iphones that have better technology than any production company had up to the yes for sure. early 90s yeah okay so i can i can make um an acting scene with my iphone with awesome awesome sound it looks good you can edit it on on your iPhone yeah. and send it off around to the other side of the globe in five minutes. Yeah. So I take advantage of that. So I set it up. Uh, okay. Today I want to be, I want to pay, play a military contractor who is telling my men we're fixing to go after Al, Al Zakawi or whatever. And I'm telling these guys what we're fixing to go do, blah, blah, blah. Set it up, put a uh, helicopter background on it, and, and hook it up. And, and that's that's an acting, that's part of my so acting So you role. do reels. So most of actors, my understanding was like a, they have a film, they commercial, they acted on it, they get the footage, cut the reels. But what sounds like what you're doing is you make reel to make reels? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Now, the... The projects that I do have, um, I, there are some of those projects where I've, from my actual, some of the indie movies I've had and made, I do cut those in as well. Yeah. Because I have a commercial reel, which also include, includes the Chevrolet commercial we did <laughs> back in the day. I have a commercial reel. But yes, if, if you're an established actor who works regularly in big budget shows and you have those reels available to you hey power to you 
But if you're Joe Blow like me, who hasn't been in that many things yet and doesn't have access to be able to hook those, cut those things together, use that technology you have in your back pocket and make your own. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's what I used when I sent my audition in to, uh, for the USAA commercial. And this, uh, this last project I, I worked on in Arkansas, I used um, my, uh, my iPhone. That is fucking awesome. It is, man. And, yeah. and, and I, I preach this to people all the time um, because you see people a lot of times on social media going back and forth. Look, if you want to have content, create your own content. And I saw somebody come back and say, well, sorry, I don't have a $5 million budget where I can just put all these things. Well, I don't have a $5 million budget either, but you know what? I got this. Uh, I got this cheap iPhone <laughs> and I got this and I got this uh, this cordless mic yeah. that I can I can uh, Bluetooth to my iPhone and I have this room with a backdrop and I've got, you know, a couple of little cheap lights. I can do that. And so that's what I do. And, you know, again, different, different uh, takes on it from everybody you ask, but that's how I do it. Yeah. And. It's working for me. I love that. It's like a, almost like you're creating your own destiny. Also, like kind of like a fake it till make it, right? But like also like you kind of act as if you already have that movie budget. So a lot of people perceive you have you have a lot of movie stuff. And then, I mean, honestly, like you are making it. And I mean, you're in the Super Bowl stuff, your national stuff, and like you are more than you know most people. But I think it's. It's so inspiring to me. Like a lot of people say, yeah, they don't have this and stuff. You know, I mean, whenever I was trying to do a podcast and stuff in the first time, all the things I was talking, th thinking about, it's like, well, I don't have a microphone for the podcast. And then like, well, I have this white background, but I need to like put like a sound forms and all that kind of stuff. And I was just telling myself an excuse. I'm like, well, I'm just going to start with uh, I had a I if you go back to watch my first episode, I had a blue yeti, like a cheap cheap like a microphone and all that kind of stuff and then I just started it, you know, and then people liked it and then I enjoyed this process of talking to people and then sharing people's story and then yeah, I just started it and then you can build it up to now you might have like a iPhone to do it, the cheap lights and something like that, but Either you will have more bigger, bigger show every time. Also, you can like get better camera over time. So it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be like they have to have five million dollars essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you another example yeah. of, of what I'm talking about. In in 2018. Okay. Um, let me start over. I was I like to sing. Okay. I, I love to sing. Um. You know, people are always saying, you need to get a band together, go on tour, go do this, go do that. Well, you know what? I don't really want to do that because I have a job, I have a family, I have this, I have that. Uh, and th as technology started to evolve, you know, in the app store on my iPhone, you know, you, there's you, there's an app for almost everything. You know, oh, yeah, hey, there's an sure. app for that. In, in this date and time, there's an app for almost everything. So I was looking through the app store one day well there was a little cheap uh karaoke type app mm. okay it's called smule 
And I said, let me download this just to see what the heck it's all about. So I downloaded it. This was in 2018. So, um, and, and it's pretty cool. You just, um, you pick a song. It's got, it's got thousands of songs. You pick a song and it plays the words for you on the screen. And, you know, you have uh, your earphones in and you listen and it plays the music and you look at the words. So, and as you're, as you're singing the words, it's also recording you. Oh, nice. Okay? Yeah. So it's, it's recording your face. And um, so I was driving home from work one time. I pulled into my driveway at the house. I'm sitting in my police car. I'm in, I'm in uniform. This was July 2018, I think. And I sang the song uh, Easy by Lionel Richie. Mm. Okay. So I posted it just messing around. And in the next few days, I got 8 million views. Oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is a, a cheap little app that costs me like nine bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. And you can sing these songs, put them online. And so I started doing that. And I actually created a little page for me to sing on, on Facebook. And now I have about 570,000 followers. Okay, so over half a million followers. Again, this dude who lives in the middle of Oklahoma, who's never had a band, who's never, you know, toured, who's, you know, I put these songs, these cover songs up on, on, the, uh, on the internet, on Facebook, and I've got half a million followers. <laughs> and so That's awesome. people, people just, they, they need to take advantage of the technology. And, and a lot of people do. You yeah. see it. You see it on, uh, on TikTok or, or there's a lot of viral videos. People just get on there and do it. Yeah. And so that's what I try to tell people in the acting industry. If you want to get your face out there, if you want to get some content, make it and yeah. you don't you don't need millions of dollars you can do it for the price of what's in your back pocket yeah and so just just be very very creative yeah like if i want to go out and uh like the punisher is one of my favorite series on netflix john bernthal and some of his monologues in the show are awesome so i've done some uh punisher monologues and put them on there and get a lot of response a lot of response and people enjoy them and you're showing off what you can do and and i don't even consider myself that good um i'm just at best a mediocre actor hey but you know what there's 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 a demand for mediocre actors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, you're pretty good and awesome. I mean, like, uh, I think a lot of, I mean, I love to hear, I love like what you're doing. I'm like, you're like, you think about it, you have idea, you just do it, right? Like mm-hmm. no way for it. And then I totally agree about if you're acting and then being television or if you're trying to be an influencer or something like that, those people, I don't think there is like, too much content needs it's too much for me i mean honestly from like uh not right now like i'm trying to do youtube things but whenever i was just doing the camera stuff directing producing commercial stuff most likely how i cast it was the people i know because it's easier for me to reach out 
and the easier for me to like know the expectation of the actors and what they can do and then what kind of voice what kind of look they have so it's like easy so what what i go through is i just like think about project is here okay who will be best and then like i i I work in the advertising industry, so I preach this to people. If I say elephant, 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 what animal are you thinking about? It's probably not penguins, right. probably elephant, right? right? So if I see you on my Facebook feed all the time, if I'm thinking about hiring, you know, veteran or like cop or something like that to the for my commercial, that's exactly what happened to me whenever I was doing that YouTuber commercial. It's like, well, it'll be perfect. And then like reach out to you, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Even like I reach out to Magnum, I'm like, hey, I need him. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So I think it's just uh, pays off and a lot of people being shy away from it. And that I do have the same dilemma now is that, you know, I've been posting my YouTube stuff and all that kind of stuff all the time to people. Mm-hmm. Maybe people will get tired of it. But if they get tired of it, that's not for them. Right. So I can just maybe find somebody who are interested in my stuff. So as long as I know I'm creating a valuable content, then maybe I can post as much as I want. I don't know. That's kind of how you look at it or mm-hmm. maybe how, you know. No, that's exactly how I look at it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't think you can post too much content. Because if somebody doesn't want to look at it, they just swipe up, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I put I put reel after reel after reel. And, uh, what do you and, think about TikTok? Uh, I actually, I actually, I had an account, but with this stuff that, that has been reported about, you know, possible spying going on and, and it's just, it's kind of scaring me. So I went ahead and deleted my account, and but you know, if if that was the only game in town, it might be different. I don't know, but it's not. I mean, you got Facebook and Twitter and and uh, Instagram. So yeah, I'm just gonna. I deleted mine until they get this all figured out. So the, have you? Are you following the new things happening in the Congress and the TikTok? I I've heard that they're trying to ban it, yeah, and to pass laws to ban it. Yeah, I've just been kind of hearing that. I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to it, but and, and mostly because my wife's like, you need to, you know, because she she's scared of and rightly so of TikTok or somebody through TikTok uh, hacking our phone or computer or may, maybe getting into our financial stuff whatever and i'm like okay cool i don't need it that much anyway you know (laughs) yeah so yeah so i mean like i think it's interesting to me because of the tiktok situation and then like uh you know i mean there is so much program out there and then a lot of like uh social media even like facebook right you put your phone numbers and emails and all that kind of stuff but tiktok same thing and maybe maybe tiktok is doing a little bit more but like it's like but a lot of people put all the credit card information on different websites and stuff so right i was just like well you you're if you have a smartphone you probably everybody have that information yeah so like i'm just like 
and then like also like I'm just like I don't know why that whenever I'm hearing those like Congress people talking about how TikTok and they don't really understand how that TikTok is doing stuff or like they don't even understand social media I guess right yeah so I'm just curious that you know like um you know what other people are thinking about it's it's all over in use you know yeah and and you're right man it's uh i think every big tech organization is doing it i know that my wife and i can be standing in the kitchen and she mentions we need to get new windows around the house and then the next thing you know alexa is showing window commercials <laughs> on our little uh machine there in the kitchen i'm like somebody's listening you know <laughs> so so yeah i mean i'm sure they're all doing it and yeah. there's there's no way to get away from it yeah but i mean what are you gonna do man I, you know yeah and i also like uh it's a honestly like alexa is listening to you like 24 7 if you have like alexa you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think it's just funny to me that uh people talk about it <laughs> but uh I was curious that uh, so once you get like a you know you're you're saying like a, you uh, put yourself out there put the demo reels together and the, all kinds of stuff but also it was interesting to me you say in uh, you took the acting class and then that was like audition class right mm -hmm. what would you say that like most take away from your audition class or like throughout like you've been doing this more than 10 years decade right mm -hmm. so what what was the things you wish you knew when you started to as far as audition goes i wish it took me a long time to learn how to relax and be natural because my uh my acting teachers, Chris Freihofer, who, who, who runs the Actor Factory, he called me out on this a couple of times when I would be, he would give us scenes, we would come back, we would do the scenes or the monologues. And he said, you know, you need to relax and stop acting. And I didn't get that for the longest time. Well, this is acting class. Yeah. We're, we're actors. But he said, relax and stop. You're acting, you're acting, stop acting. And what he meant was you got to relax and like like if I'm sitting here speaking with you, I mean, we're just talking. Yeah. Okay. And there's a difference between that and I'm if I'm sitting here and I'm kind of, you know, sitting upright and uh, I'm like, Yosuke, how, how is your podcast? You know, there's a <laughs> yeah. difference. You need to relax and just let the conversation flow. It took me the longest time to learn how to do that. Yeah. And, I, and I, I wish that I... I wish that I'd known that a long time ago. How how did you overcome that from natural? Because you are have to like memorize your script, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to act natural to speaking like a normal, right? What was the things? Did you practice it, or like did you, that, it was like a mental? Oh, I got it now. Like was that practice over time? Like how did you? How did you learn it? Essentially, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it took me a while, and I'll tell you how uh, how I solved that. <clears throat> I actually still work on it. You know, it's something that's always 
even now today I'll be doing auditions and my wife I'll do a video audition my wife's helping me she'll be my reader and she'll say hang on stop relax I go oh, man okay all right sorry about that <laughs> and uh, so it's still an ongoing struggle just to relax so but one thing that I do and a lot of people can do this uh, because there's ways to train because you can't go to you can't go to acting classes all the time because number one it, it costs money um, you know maybe some people can but I'm not rich but it costs money and it's only ever so often you might go every Tuesday for six weeks so acting classes are not that often so what can somebody do just like if you like to train if you like to work out you can buy your own workout equipment okay so you can also buy your own acting training equipment and what do I mean by that so if you have a smart TV these days almost everybody does and you can stream Netflix Prime Video Paramount Plus Disney whatever you have all these shows that you have access to. So here's what I do. I'll pick a show. And, and I, I generally like to do uh, soap operas. Young and the Restless is one of my favorites. And what I do is I'll play Young and the Restless. I'll watch a scene, see exactly how this guy, who's an accomplished actor already because he's on daytime soap. He's got to be good, right? Yeah. So I watch him, how he interacts with this person he's interacting with. And I'll pause it, and then I'll do that scene. Huh. Just like he did it, exactly like he did it, and I'll do it again and again and again and again. And I'll do this for the whole show. And then I'll go back, and then I'll do these scenes. Okay, then I'll try to put, okay, put Phil's take on it. How, if Phil was doing this scene, how would he do it? And, and I try to compare these, how he does it and how I would do it, and... I, I try to watch how he's relaxed. I watch his face. I watch his movements. Okay, this guy is not, he's not tense at all. He's just saying the lines because he's thinking about, like, this is a real situation. So he's dealing with this situation. He's not thinking about acting. So he's relaxed. So I watch it, and I do the scene myself over and over and over again. So I'm training. I'm trying to train myself to stay relaxed. So it's not like a, you're practicing impression. It's like practicing skill right that is interesting yeah and that's just you know because i'm a i'm a fitness nut um and i know that to be in if you want to be in shape and you know because you work out uh, <laughs> if if you want to be in shape what you got to do you got to exercise yeah if you want to be a good actor what do you got to do you got to exercise so and the more you do that Rep after rep after rep after in your MMA side, you know, if you know you're gonna throw a jab in the right and left hook, okay. The first few times you do it, you're kind of tense, but you do it a million times now. Yeah, it's it's I can breathe it. Yeah, and and you're gonna be relaxed doing that yeah. stuff. So, long story short, that's what I try to do to help myself relax and not act. I mean, that's good. I mean, I get you probably gain the confidence by doing it you get better and then like honestly it's funny you said like a you know like doing like mma stuff and the boxing and stuff whatever like you practice and then you get a certain point of like okay i know like jab cross hook you know i can throw it and then like you're sparring with like somebody super good or whatever and then like i get to the uh, i get to the position about 
damn, I don't know anything. I can't throw jab. I can't do cross. Or like, I can't throw anything. Even though I level up, like I see somebody else, you know, then like somebody spar, I'm like, I can't hit anybody. Then like, then learn more stuff. And I, I bet like, is that acting is the same thing? Like whenever you're acting and you're practicing that stuff. And then when you see somebody better than you or whatever and then like you're acting towards somebody or like meet director and then do you get to that certain point of like you don't know anything <laughs> like is there is there somewhere somebody some feeling like that happened like in your like acting career it does happen <clears throat> and it kind of goes back to uh to when you get overwhelmed say like that time i got overwhelmed at the uh, the audition for the chicago pd series <clears throat> i uh yeah, it happens, man. And you're like, you walk into an audition and you see these people who are like, okay, this person is, is an actual director for one of the top shows in the country. I'm not worthy. I, what am I, <laughs> why am I here? So yeah, that happens. Yeah. yeah, that does happen sometimes. Yeah. So, and you just gotta, so if you want to get to the same level that this guy who you can't touch, what do you do? train more yeah. right so uh, that's what i try to do yeah and then also like i think that like one of the podcasts i had and then i had a mural artist here right and then um he we were talking about this situation and then i love what he said about it is that uh he's a mural artist and then he paints mural in, uh, uh all around the city and then there is a uh, some other guy painted a mural and he went to go watch it uh, look at it and then he was like man this is so good i lost my job like why would anybody will hire me like this he's so much better than me and then he says afterwards and then I, I think his girlfriend told her i told him say do you know like lebron james right he's like yeah and then he played basketball do you think he's better than you like yeah of course he's better than me He's a basketball player. I don't even play basketball. So you don't compare to him to yourself, right? So like what she said was that her uh, her point was you're comparing to somebody who are better than you to yourself because you think of yourself in the same league than them. So you're a lot closer than you think you are to that person. So you should be proud where you are so you can get to that position because you will never be lebron james but you can beat that that mural artist someday so i thought that was beautiful things like yeah, you know yeah. so like whenever you're thinking about chicago pd that great actor or whatever you're comparing to yourself now i don't even compare to that guy because i don't act you know right so maybe you should like be proud of like whatever like you're doing because you're in that room with that somebody that that's a good achievement and someday you know like you'd be better than him or whatever yeah i thought that was cool things <laughs> that, that that makes total sense i mean this this last uh this last project that i worked on like you know was i played a lead my first lead in a in a feature film and uh there was a girl named annie sullivan she's out of los angeles and she came to play uh one of the lead parts and we did scenes together back and forth and uh gosh she was so good man and i was just like yes you know, i feel kind of uh like i don't really rate going back and forth with her because she was so good so smooth she's really pretty 
And she just, you could tell she's been acting for a while. You know, she, she, I think she went to college to, you know, on a acting something. But she, <laughs> she was really, she was really good. And, yeah. uh, and, but, you know, and, and that's just the way you feel, man. It's just, if you're a person who is a perfectionist and who always strives to be better, it's good to think that way. Yeah. Because it, if you get to the point where you say, I'm the best one there is, okay, then you're headed for a fall. Yeah. Then you're headed for a fall. Yeah, if so, you're the best in the room, then you're probably in the wrong place. Right. Yeah. You know, Rocky Balboa used to say, stay hungry, right? You yeah. know, so <laughs> you got to stay hungry. For sure. Yeah, so, uh, well, uh, you are also a retired military member. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, and then I was... Uh, curious that what was that like uh major decided to go into military and then a lot of uh young guys like uh, i trained with is thinking about going to military like do you have any advice to those people who are going to the military i do um my dad was uh was a lifer in the air force you know so i was born into to a military family you know we traveled around the world you know with my dad uh, going to different parts of the world and so uh, a lot of our social life was spent around other military members and their families, spent a lot of time on military installations. Um, when I was a little kid, if you were walking around on a military base and, um, you know, they have uh, uh, retreat, which is, you know, the lowering of the flag at the end of the day and the, the playing of retreat, you would stop and you put your hand over your heart. The military members, I'd watch them salute. And, and that's something that is... Uh, that's a ceremony that happens every single day on military bases around the world. So I saw that, and at a very young age, I was proud of that. And uh, my dad would take me to to his work sometimes, and we would see the planes taking off and, and landing, and just the military guys coming and going and in their starch uniforms. I used to love to watch my dad and put his uniform on, just look so awesome, you know. And... Uh, and I knew from a very young age I was going to join the military. So as soon as I got out of high school, I went right from high school right into the Air Force. And I spent 24 years. Uh, I got to travel the world and see a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So if, if somebody were to ask me, should I go into the military? By all means, yes. Because... Uh, if your opportunities are limited on the outside, join the military because there are so many opportunities and jobs and, and uh, chances to travel and see the world and, and get to see how most of the other world lives compared to America. And, you know, all the countries that I went to, I saw firsthand how it's how the USA is head and shoulders above every other country when it comes to almost everything. And, uh, and I knew that, uh, that's, it gave me a deep, deeper appreciation for, you know, what we have here for our liberties, for our, our freedoms. And do we have some, some flaws and some, some pimples? Yeah. The prettiest people you have got some blemishes, 
Okay, same way with our country. We got some we got some things we need to work on, but it's by far the best in, in, in the world. But I would recommend it to anybody uh, to give them an awesome perspective on life as well as enabling them to learn a trade that they can carry over for the rest of their lives if they want to when they get out. And uh, my, uh, my dad was in the Air Force. I had uncles who were in the Army. My brother was a Marine. Um, uh, I, I love the military. And now I, I help veterans as, as often as I can. I, I've helped some, some, a lot of guys get their VA benefits. I've, uh, I work as much as I can to bring attention to the, uh, the tragedy of veteran suicide. Um, I made a short film called 22 mm. uh, about that very subject, which did very well in the film festival circuit. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just very passionate about the military, uh, helping veterans, and doing everything I can to uh, you know, make the world aware of uh, the problems that some veterans have to face. But yes, to answer your question, I would recommend highly for any young man to go into the military. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, there are those who doesn't know about like 22, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, what is the 22 means to you? The 22, on the average in the United States, 22 military veterans on average will take their own life, okay, commit suicide. Um when you hear that number, that's kind of a, I know to me and maybe some others, but the number 22 is kind of a sacred number because that represents, you know, military members who take their own lives due to whatever their issues are, their demons, whatever word you want to use, but whatever is affecting them to drive them to that point um and that's and that's too many man that's that's just that's too many veterans who are taking their own lives and uh it's it's one of my passions to bring attention and awareness to that and to do everything i can um to to help as many veterans as i can and uh that's just one of my that's just one of my things so how that uh what would you say to those uh, veterans going through that um there's a lot of things that could be said, but um, because, you know, even, you know, I've got some issues myself and I would highly encourage these guys, and I do all the time, uh, to go and get help. The VA's got a lot of resources that you can take advantage of. Go to the VA, go to mental health, and speak with a counselor. Uh, Go to the groups and talk to your brothers and sisters who, who are having, some, having the same concerns and talk to them. Talk to anybody. And also, I would uh, tell family members, family members of veterans or people who have good friends who are veterans or people who work with veterans, if, if you see something, say something. Because a lot of times before a veteran will uh, take the ultimate way out, there will be some signs. 
there'll be some signs and people can look for those because um, they do a lot of things uh, basically crying out for help you know whether it be drinking too much engaging in risky behavior giving away their possessions just anything that makes you look at somebody and go that's kind of unusual go talk to them go talk to your family member go talk to your friend hey what's going on can i can i you want to talk to me can i give you a ride down to the va can why don't you go talk to mental health okay just say something say anything uh because a lot of times they want someone to say something to them, but they won't ask for help. Yeah. Some do. Some do. Because the VA is, is uh, there's a big push now to get that information out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you feel like a veteran that you know is having some issues, say something. Because I would almost guarantee you they, will, they would appreciate it. Yeah. It's like 22 a day, right? 22 a day. 22 uh, veterans a day. too many. And then I, I heard that um, I work with a nonprofit organization called Warriors Freedom. Uh-huh. And then uh, their new statistic in Oklahoma went down to 17. But still, that's too many. And then like it's like uh, they have like outdoor recreational hunting, scuba diving, fishing, and then they come together and then what uh what i i interview a lot of veterans and then they go through stuff and a lot of uh, dark thoughts go through their head and then like what you're saying is like some people can ask for help but some people doesn't want to Mm. but also like i think it's encouragement of the people to i like what you said that if you see something say something and then like i think if somebody is invite somebody to go to those kind of group or be a together or whatever i think that most likely they say yes they might say like oh i don't want to do it but what the hell like i'll go with you kind of stuff but mm. it's probably means more to them to those kind of stuff and then i think that i'm i didn't go to military but i i uh that's something i understood being around with those guys is that they have a special camaraderie to their brothers and sisters that outsiders don't understand but also like i was curious that if the public people try to understand veteran people's perspective is that kind of annoy the veterans or like how do how can normal people can help normal public can help veterans is that is that like uh their brother and sister like okay, they got this and they have to be together to understand or they don't want to outside people in or... Does that make sense, my mm-hmm. questions are? It does make sense. And, and I, will, I will say that uh, veterans, most people have a family member who is a veteran. Most people do. Maybe a little more distant than other family members, but most people have family members who are veterans. Um, you know, because at, at any given time, our military is, you know, a million people strong. So that, that's a lot of people. So there's going to be lots of family members. Um, so 
I know I personally have never, ever been annoyed by someone who shows concern for veterans. That doesn't annoy me. In fact, I want people to be aware of the situation. And so if, if they're asking me about it, uh, about my service or somebody else's service, well, at least this guy's thinking about veterans or this person is thinking about veterans. Most, most people have veterans in their family. Most people have friends who are veterans. Um, but as far as helping them, again, it's just whether you're a veteran or you're not a veteran, most people can look in somebody and say, hey, that's a little unusual what he's been doing lately. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can talk to him or go talk to somebody who knows him and go, hey, he's been kind of doing this. I'm worried about him. Can you say something? If, if, you don't, if you don't feel like yourself going to speak to somebody, and that's understandable, you know, not everybody can can do that not everybody is is trained or has the inclination to go up to somebody and go hey we've been noticing this can we help you not everyone can do that okay and that's fine because not everyone should have to do that but go to somebody who who is able to do something like that and go hey your family member is acting kind of this or that and you know when i was a police officer we would get a lot of calls just like that. Um, it'd be mental health uh, welfare calls, and we would go to them. And I've had so many family members or friends of people, hey, I work with this guy. Um, he seems like he's been out of it lately. He's been talking about, uh, you know, he was in the military. He served in Iraq. His, it's the anniversary of his mother's death. And that was an actual call that I went on, and I'm just worried about him. Can you go talk to him? Sure can, you know. And I would go. I spoke to the to the veteran. Uh, I was able to build a rapport with him, and uh, which is which is uh, good for a lot of police officers who are veterans themselves. They get it, and so. Maybe this family member doesn't really get it, but they realize there's something going on or this friend, there's something's going on. Uh, so we call the police. Can you go talk to this guy? Sure. So that would be what I would recommend. If someone, if someone is noticing something that's kind of out of the way with, with a veteran that they know, you can get a hold of somebody who, who might be able to deal with it better than you or, or easier than you and just say, hey, this is what's got uh, going on with this guy. You think you could check it out? You know, call somebody that, that can deal with it. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, you don't, you don't need to share this, but did you go through the dark times after service? Um, I like to talk about other people more than myself, but I will say this. Um, after 40 years in the military and as a police officer, seeing some of the most horrible things that man is capable of. Sure. I, I've had to talk to somebody and there's no shame in that. I will say that. And I do tell people that because how am I going to encourage someone to get some assistance if I'm not even able to do that myself? after the things that, that I've seen. So yes, I, I've, uh, you know, I, I regularly talk to somebody and, uh, and it's helped tremendously, tremendously. So I would recommend that to 
anybody. There's always somebody there that you can get a hold of and talk to. Mm. You know, I, and I've a lot of the guys that that I've I've worked with. I'll say, hey, man, I know I'm not a healthcare professional per se, but I know how to talk to a, a person. Give me a call. I'll talk to you. You know, and a lot of veterans will do that. A lot of veterans will do that for each other. Hey, reach out to me. You know, I, I've seen, I'm part of some uh, veteran Facebook groups, and I've seen guys get on there and say something concerning, and you'll see five or six guys put their phone numbers up. Call me. Let's talk about it. So, yeah. And so I've, you know, I, I've, I've talked professionally to people. You know, I have my own, uh, my own minister who I, I talk to. I got some buddies. I'll call up and say, hey, let's go have some lunch, man. I want to bounce some things off of you. Yeah. And they get it. They get it. Yeah. I think that is awesome. I mean, thanks for sharing. And yeah. also, like, a lot of people who, like, veteran or not veteran, like, some people are going through stuff. Obviously, people can see it and they feel it. And then most people say, hey, if you need anything, reach out kind of stuff and then a lot of people doesn't reach out but if you just actually like what you're saying saying that hey let's go lunch this day this time and then they most likely say yes rather than reach out whenever you want to you know like if you do open kind of suggestion people doesn't really take advantage of it but i think uh it's nothing like a military veteran scale but i've seen my friends kind of going through hard times mm -hmm. and then i've been doing what i've been doing more is like hey what are you doing tonight let's go gym <laughs> you know right let's uh hey thursday one o'clock be here let's have lunch and then the, it's like a yes or no answer <laughs> Yeah. So rather than like, hey, hit me up whenever you want to. So mm -hmm. it's been it's been very very helpful for other people. Also, like I myself is going through hard time, and then that you know now uh, my uh, my girlfriend's been in the hospital for twenty five days now. Oh man! And then uh, I was going through stuff, and then a lot of people reach out to me, and then. Even they're asking me how am I doing helped me uh, like somebody cares, you know? Yeah. And then also like uh, uh, I posted like a GoFundMe campaign uh, two days ago. And then I'm so grateful that so many people have been generous to contribute the donations for her and her families and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I've been seeing like a lot of people still want to help and then most people want to help each other people and then like you know like people thinks that you know sometimes i kind of get to the mindset of people sucks you know in general but like it's like i've been humble and i've been grateful for a lot of people's kindness and caring and then love and then you know i think that's what kind of life is about to help each other stuff and then hopefully that you know, people who are listening to your story and then listening to what you went through and also like what military veterans and all that kind of stuff. And then doing this podcast and sharing these kind of stuff, even one person can get help. And then that that means so much a lot to me. Then like, I think that 
I don't know. I've been feeling that lately because of the yeah, circumstances, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I do not want to forget, and uh, I think that caring about other people, helping, and uh, I love that how you said, if you see something, say something. I right. think that that's a beautiful thing you said, and then that that will I will never forget what you said, and I think I will carry on to you know my life. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. But. Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to ask this too. You know, you went to military service and then, you know, police officer career. What was the biggest takeaway you learned from that those careers? Um, probably, well, a couple of things. Number one is service to people. Um all I've ever wanted to do is help people and be of service. Um, the military and being a police officer allowed me to do that for 40 years, man. So many opportunities to, to help people. Um, so I got to do that. Um, and I would encourage everyone, you know, it sounds cliche and corny, but, you know, just help people, man. Just just be a brother. I mean, just just help people. Um, and, and that's, to me, that's what the military and being a police officer stood for. Uh, the second takeaway is prepare, okay, train. And if you're going to do something, you have to decide you're going to do it and not just sit on your butt and hope it happens. Okay. If you want to, if you want to be a member of the military, you're going to have to live your life right, stay out of trouble so you can sign your name on the dotted line. Otherwise, they're not going to want you if, if you if you're getting into trouble all the time. So spend your your formative years going through high school and college, uh, get your education, prepare, go into the military, and then what do you do when you join the military? You prepare by going to basic training, and then you go to your technical schools and any other schools that you have. You have to prepare your body and your mind to be able to handle the, the uh, physical and the sometimes very hard mental aspect. So you have to prepare that way, and then you go to do your job, and being in the military is constant training. You have to keep your body and your mind trained up physically uh, and mentally, and prepare, 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 train, train, train. Same way in the police department. you got to keep your record clean. you got to go through a six- or eight-month academy, and um, a lot of uh, – physicality you gotta you gotta be in shape and then when you graduate the the uh the academy then you go to a, a training program for several months and you have to prepare you have to take tests during that time you have to keep your body in shape because just because you're out of the academy now now you're on the streets you got to stay in shape yeah okay and so even then later you're studying for your sergeant's test you're preparing you're training or you're going to you know i was on i was on the swat team for 25 years so if you want to 
going to the SWAT team, you have to really prepare. You have to be in fantastic shape. You have to have your shooting down. And the only way you can do that is to train, train, train. And so when I retired or when I got ready to become an actor, I went down and I took every class that the actory, actor factory had to offer for the first year. I was training. I was preparing my mind uh, constantly. So that's, that's the second takeaway is if you decide you're going to do something, you have to train and you have to prepare and then you execute. It's not the other way around. Okay. A lot of people just want to be able to, Hey, I'm just going to execute. Well, you didn't prepare. Yeah. You didn't train. You didn't get ready. You know, if you'd have walked into your first MMA fight and you never trained, <laughs> what would have happened? You get killed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's my biggest takeaway. You have to train, 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 prepare, 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 and 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 that's that's until the day you die. As far as as far as I'm concerned, yeah, for, for sure, from my way of thinking, yeah, but. That's that's kind of my uh, that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I love that. You know, just like uh, uh, some some something I learned uh, the other day. It's kind of same concept. You saying prepare, train, and execute. You know, uh, people try to do what you love or whatever. So like most people go for what you love, and then we have to love this what what I'm doing, right? But that guy I was listening to that he was saying like first thing you have to learn, and then what you learn you can launch it then you love what you launched. So like it's like a three step of like do what you love kind of deal. So I think that I love what, how you say you have to prepare and do it and then execute. You know, I think it's just uh, a lot of people shy away from putting the tough time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was curious, like, you know, like military and then police officer, like I've been around with, um, you know, uh, interview and all that kind of stuff. They do talk. They do like to talk shit, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> whenever you guys, uh, whenever you are doing acting stuff, like during police officer, uh, you're still doing police officer stuff. Do they like make fun of you? They talk shit about you doing acting stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, let's see. What did I hear? I, I was called Hollywood. I got called Marlon Brando. I got called Denzel Washington. No, that's kind of a stretch, but you know. But yeah, they just mess with me, and uh, or I would be, I would say something like if I was to stand up and give a briefing. Yeah, uh, there'd be guys out there going, um, "Are you serious or are you acting?" Because we don't know. And then I'm yeah. like, "Well, that shows how what a good actor I am, right?" You know? But but yeah, man, yeah. if you can't be around a group of uh, guys like, and girls like that yeah. without catching a lot of shit yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so how do you how did you deal with it it's just like a brush it off or yeah yeah it just brush it off laugh it off give it right back to them yeah you know so yeah yeah I was, I was curious like you know like some people just stop it because of that happens but but anyway so i do end these uh podcasts with the two segments asking the same question to every guest okay uh so I think I don't consider as an expert or anything, but I think I'm capable of giving advice to myself five years ago. That's the kind of approach I'm taking. So I'm curious, what were you doing in 2018 and what advice you will give yourself five years ago? So what were you doing in 2018? Yeah, 2018, I was, I was still a police officer. Um, I, was, I, had, I was still, I had just, 
been acting part-time for a few years, um, still raising my family. Of course, all my kids are grown now. Well, they were pretty much grown in 2018. But, uh, I mean, the only advice I would give myself is what advice I give everybody is like we just talked about. If, if you're going to pursue this acting thing, keep preparing, keep practicing, keep going out to your man cave and playing young and the restless and doing those scenes over and over again. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been following my own advice for since 2018. So I would just keep doing what I was doing. That's very good. I would tell my five year ago self, I say, Hey, Keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a pretty good job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, best feeling you have, you know? Yeah. It's good. What about uh, how do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I hope to have a lot of more uh, lead leads and projects and acting projects, acting and film projects, uh, more national commercials, um, you know, because I just signed with a new agent out of Tulsa, Christina Jenkins, with Real Talent Studios, and uh, she's been getting me some pretty good auditions. And you know, I hope we, uh, I hope we kill it. I'm hoping I plan on killing it for the next five years, huh. at least. Yeah, I was curious. Like, would you recommend to have talent agent, or like, uh, can you do it by yourself? You can, you can do it by yourself, but as just a lone actor, you don't really have the access to all the casting notices that come out. Because, for example, I'm on, I'm on uh, some websites. How many agents do you have? I just have one. Okay. Yeah, I just have uh, one agent, um, and acting agents and managers they have pipelines from and they have different sources to where they get these casting notices yeah. which the actor who is alone does not have those um and you can't as a casting director you can sign up to these websites and they and where uh casting directors send these notices out to agents they have uh they're, they have those available to them, whereas the actors alone by himself, he doesn't have those. So a good agent will have more notice or whatever. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. How do you find a good agent? Uh, word of mouth. Basically, this is how that's how I found Christina. Word of mouth. Um, I had a I had an agent in Atlanta for several years, but. We parted ways for reasons I don't want to get into, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's usually word of mouth, word of mouth, or um, my my previous agent, and she was a pretty good agent. I, I you know I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing her, but she was a pretty good agent. She's the one who who got me auditions with the Chicago series, um, and I found her through. She actually put a, a a notice out for actors on social media, mm. and I went down and auditioned for her, and she signed me on the spot. 
And uh, so there's just different ways. Usually, it's usually word of mouth, though. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah. So where uh, where can where people can find you, and then mm -hmm. where uh, uh, how can people support you? Um, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, just go to any of those sites and type in Philip Paz. Um, you got to be careful though because when you start getting noticed on the internet, a lot of scammers will pop up and steal your pictures and make up their own little um, uh, pages as you and try to rip people off. That's so, why you need a blue check mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and see, I didn't know about when I first started on Facebook. Yeah, I didn't know about blue check marks. Yeah, and so. I waited so long, and then when I did try to get one, they said they wouldn't give me one for whatever reason. Huh. I don't know why. I should try it again, I guess. But uh, so yeah, but yeah, just search for me on there uh, on, on Philip Paws. It's the one that has over half a million uh, followers. That's the legit Philip Paws Facebook page. Perfect. So yeah, man. Then uh, yeah, I mean, like hopefully. Uh People see you on TV and then they say, oh, that's Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And I, hey, listen, I really, really appreciate you inviting me to be on the show. Uh, and I've been keeping up with your stuff over the years, man. And you are, you are killing it. In okay. fact, you're one of my inspirations. Oh. I mean, because you really are. I mean, because, you know, you're, you come out, you're a young guy. Um, I don't even know how to say, it, you know, but you're who you are but you're still killing it. Not that anything about you would keep you back, but you're the epitome of hard work, um, preparation, training, and execution. And I see you do that every single day, man, because I like to say I follow you. And uh, it's you do an amazing job and just keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much. I mean, right back at you and I see you doing it and all that kind of stuff you singing and you know acting putting the content out and then like it just like makes me inspired of like you know like you've done these careers and then changing the careers to be professional becoming successful i see from somebody and i see you doing it and then that inspires me as well so that's why i ask you to be on this show and then like uh I'm honored to have you in this this show today. Thanks, man. It's just you know, just another example of people who are go getters who feed off each other's yeah. you know success. And that's and another good things about social media. I mean, we haven't seen each other for a while, but right. kind of like secretly getting inspired by each other. <laughs> exactly, it's a beautiful things a little bit. Yeah, yeah maybe man. we should do lunch. You know, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should lunch year, whatever. <laughs> But, uh, well, thank you guys for watching this uh, episode. If you're watching on the YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. And then please share what you learned about Phil and then what you take, what's your best takeaway. And then if you're listening to a uh, uh, podcast streaming line like Spotify or iTunes, please give me a five stars. Hopefully do something good things about podcasts and then probably do that. So please do so. And then see you guys next Friday. Peace. Thanks so much.